Thanks. And anything else? Uh, <clears throat> resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it stem all forms of spiritual disease. For we have not been not only mentally and physically ill, we have been spiritually sick. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. In dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. We listed people, institutions, principles with whom we were angry. We asked ourselves why we were angry. In most cases, it was found that our self-esteem, our pocketbooks, our ambition, our personal relationships, including sex, were hurt or threatened. So we were sore, we were burnt up. On the grudge list, we set opposite each name our injuries. Was it our self-esteem, our security, our ambitions, our personal or sex relations, which... Uh, over to you, Paul. I was stopping there. I didn't hear that last bit, but yeah. All right. Well, welcome everyone, Paul, alcoholic. Pleasing Tuesday. Yes, obviously, this is into doing the. Starting to do the inventory on the first topic, which is looking at resentments to see how self manifested in various ways, resentments is what has defeated us. Yeah. So, you know, the resentment, the word means to re feel, re means to do again and sent. So, basically, something happens now and it causes a reaction in my little programming programming to something that I thought had happened before that's quite similar to what's going now on now. So I resent that incident and therefore I resent the people I feel had a lot to do with that incident with me absent from any, any, uh, any uh, role in it. You know, they did, they just did it right out of the blue. They just punched me in the face. I conveniently getting that, uh, you know, I was making eyes with their girlfriend about 20 minutes before we got punched in the face. But hey, so resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. See, I don't believe, I don't like the use of spiritual disease. I don't, I just think it's another, a deeper aspect of the mental state they're talking about. So where the illness goes deeper than just on the surface value. So I don't believe uh, there's a spiritual sickness. I don't. Yeah, I think there's a sickness that completely underemphasizes the spiritual condition, which I would say is it's derived from the mental, not from a spiritual. So it's more of a mental disease. Uh, in dealing with, we set them, we list yeah so then he goes on and tells you what we're going to do how to do the inventory so again just a couple sentences before that i think this i think this is how you can easily take to be the the way to look at an inventory because right before that is being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what has defeated us yeah obviously that's the that's the crucial point we're going to do the inventory around is to see, you know, we considered its common manifestations. So I feel this isn't just one of the directives, it's the directive, really, if you look at it. Yeah. What comes, what comes before the resentment paragraph? The last sentence is being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. It doesn't say this. This is one of many ways of looking at the inventory. It seems like to, it seems like it's the direction of the inventory is to direct the attention of the inventory to see how self through its manifestations has defeated us. Yeah. Are we doing the inventory with that with that point as the primary point? Are we or aren't we? Or are we looking at our resentments? 
our fears and our harms done to others, don't you see that as misdirected? It goes completely against the, the uh, direction of the big book on page 64. It sets the condition which is being convinced of what? That self manifested in various ways was what had defeated us. We considered its common manifestations and then the, one of the common ones is resentment. Yeah, It doesn't say we're going to now look at our resentments. It says resentment is the number one offender. It doesn't say our resentments are the number one offender, does it? It says resentment as if it's foreign to us in some respect, yeah? Where does the ownership come in? Yeah, to me that's the bondage of self. We're bonded to something else's manifestations. I mean, Jesus Christ. And then to the point when we entertain being free, we entertain being free as that which is binding us. Yeah? <laughs> How far is that going to go? It's surely going to lead to a quick defeat because we, the underlying causes and conditions are misunderstood. I mean, I don't see how you can, if you took out everything before that and you started at page 64, the third paragraph, and you went to, we did exactly the same thing with our lives. So he gave us the example of a business. We did exactly the same thing with our lives. We took stock honestly. First, we searched out the flaws in our makeup which caused our failures. Yeah, the flaws in our makeup that caused our failures aren't of us. They're of self. Yeah? Be convinced that self manifests. So when we look at the flaws in our makeup, we, it leads us to being convinced that self manifested in various ways as was what has defeated us. We consider it its common manifestations. Resentment is the number one offender. And then he tells you how to do, go about doing an inventory on what? On one of the common manifestations of self in our lives. Why do we keep calling it ours? Don't you see it's a huge distinction that needs to be put in before all the activity, not after the activity, before all the working steps, because this is step four, it's launching us into the working steps, four through nine. Don't you feel like this is one of the, the direction setting steps, the being convinced that self manifests in various ways is what has defeated us? All right, that's set. We're convinced of that, which means it's a solid, like an like a foot imprint in cement, you know what I mean? It's a solid, this is the direction we take, okay? What happens is we enter that direction with the prior con direction. We keep calling the resentments ours. Yeah, And therefore we don't do a fearless and thorough inventory because we're going to be blind to shit that we think is ours, you know? Like, you may have an ugly kid, and if it's your kid, you think they're really handsome. And then, you know, they did a Seinfeld about that. The lady thought she had this beautiful baby, and they look into the crib, and they're like, what the hell? But, uh, yeah, because, because it was her baby, it was the most beautiful baby. And, you know, of course it is in some level. But as an example, yes, the ownership causes you not to see things clearly. Yes or no? Yeah? Yes or no? Yes. My owning something makes, brings about a certain sense of maybe defending it. Even though I know I'm wrong, I don't want to be shown to be wrong. Yeah? That doesn't, that comes from ownership. Yeah? It's like when, a, when you have a, a dog, you buy a puppy and you, it's so beautiful, then it turns into like an ugly, scrawny dog. You're always embarrassed because it's your dog. You think it's a bad reflection on you. You're like, fuck, I wanted a beautiful, you know, <laughs> eh, what happened? Yeah, I wanted a designer dog because it wasn't the dog, it was my. The my is inferring a lot of meaning. How are we going to get over a molehill that's taken to be a mountain. 
How are we going to get over my resentments? When you can easily get over resentment. Do you think something that's based on lack of clarity is going to promote more clarity? The correction is needed at the beginning, not at the end. You need it in the beginning because it sets the direction of how you're proceeding. And it is, it is not, there's no way he's saying we're going to look at our resentments. He says resentment is the number one offender. Yeah? What makes it the number one offender is the my, but the, it uses the resentment, but it's the my that makes it the number one offender. A resentment has never led me to drink. My resentments lead me to drink. Yes? You know, you can have tons of clarity from a starting point that squares 30. But if you've missed square zero, it's all going to have an overall cloudiness. As clear as you are about being fucked, you're still going to be fucked. Yeah, it's not going to lead you to where you think it would because the knowledge is now claimed by self and it's self-knowledge. And as it says in the big book, self-knowledge avails us nothing. Yeah, it doesn't say knowledge avails us nothing. And it doesn't say our resentments is, are the number one offender. It says resentment and it says self-knowledge. Yeah, it doesn't say knowledge avails us nothing. It says self hyphen knowledge avails us nothing. So knowledge claimed by self may not lead us to a lot of value. Yeah, it may actually reinforce the dilemma that we're trying to figure ourselves out of. Yeah, and also conversely, resentment and my resentment are two different beasts. They're two different fucking things, really. My has a lot more fucking bite and a lot more, and its life, its lifetime span is much longer. Yeah. Some people have had a resentment for 40 years or it's had them. Yeah. Claiming it to be my resentment. Most resentments do not last 40 hours, 40 minutes maybe. Yeah. But my resentment can live for 50 or 60 years. This is the point about these talks. We're not trying to get like super efficient at doing the steps. There's tons of advice about that. Yeah, it's all out there. What are the underlying uh, activities that we may not be aware of? Why was it so important that it became a common statement, at least in the AA community in Northern California, self can't get out of self? it must have had an incredible amount of value to a lot of people who are recovering from alcoholism, yeah? To come up with that observation. Self can't get out of self, yeah? They must have been trying to get out of self as self. <laughs> That's the only way you can come to that conclusion, really, is by trying it for a long time and seeing it didn't work, <laughs> yeah? That's the good news. That's what a failed system can show you. It's failed. Yeah. So a lot of us try to get out of self as self. Yeah. It hasn't worked. We're still trying to get out of self as self with recovery. Yeah. Now it may produce some effects, but if we're still completely preoccupied by what's not happening at the age, you know, 30 years of sobriety, something's amiss. Yeah. There must be some un underlying condition that's infecting everything else that we're not aware of. Yeah. Well, let's become aware of it at least. So you tell me if this doesn't sound to be the directive of the book. Yeah, I'll just read it straight out of it. We do, did exactly the same thing with our lives. We took stock honestly. First, we searched out the flaws in our makeup, which caused our failure. And then 
It leads to being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. What's going to convince you is when you start do when you start seeing your role in things, you're going to see self's role in things. Yes. How are you going to see self's role in things without seeing your role in things? They're synonymous in a way. Yeah. You can't tell one from the other. So we look at our role in things and we realize self's role in things. And we're convinced that it's self that manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. We're not convinced that I defeated me. Yeah? We lived that. We lived in that convincing. We are now convinced that self has defeated us. This changes the whole ballgame. Yes? It changes the whole starting point. Yeah? So... What are the common manifestations? Resentment is one. Two pages later, fear. And then we look at how we harm people in the pursuit of what we want. And we look at it with the, the topic of uh, sex. Yeah, because a lot of meaning is given in that topic. So we can see something in stark contrast that we, we may do a lot of shit to get what we want. We may step on a lot of people's toes to get what we want. It, that's not only in the sexual arena. We use the sexual arena because of the importance it it means for a lot of people to see it. Yeah, it just doesn't stay applied to the sex. You see, that's what it's like. You're in a you're there's a constant anxiety that you're at the precipice of losing what you have or not getting what you want, and you're basically that which is driving you is apt to use you to do anything. Really. Yeah, that's, that's the condition we're in. Something has taken us over and it's, it's important to recognize it or we're going to be living under a false assumption that we're something that we're not. Yeah, to the point we may be living as the parasite. Wow. So there is no... There is no place where it says we're now going to do an inventory on my resentments and my fears. It's, it seems like we're going to do an inventory on my life and then see how self has defeated us <laughs> through my life. And we're going to look at its common manifestations, which will give us the eyes to see its more subtle manifestations. Yeah. So we can recognize the thief before it enters the house. We can, you know, it'll knock on the door and we won't call it me. Yeah. And we won't buy what it's selling because we'll see the great acronym of fear. One of them is false evidence appearing real. Yeah. Now we'll have the eyes to discriminate and we'll see false evidence as false evidence. Yeah. What leads you to the first drink? Not an honest assessment about what's going on. Yeah. Or an honest assessment of what's going to happen. Is there? No. It's false evidence. It's false evidence that's appearing real based on the conditions that we're in. Not how slick the evidence is. It isn't slick. It's false evidence. It's us that make it appear real. We have to be in a certain receiving condition to let false evidence constantly appear real to us. Yeah? What's that condition? I would say being the bondage of self is a pretty good description of that condition. We're in the bondage of self and false evidence keeps appearing real. Yeah? And most of us act out on it and basically we're in a, our... Our immediate need is harm reduction, really. We usually already did something fucking stupid. Yeah. That's why I like the idea of what's it, you know, my definition of an alcoholic and a recovered alcoholic is the alcoholic calls you after they drink and the recovered alcoholic calls you before they drink. After they drink, it's just harm reduction, isn't it? It's sort of like these people, all right, we're going to accept forest fire and we're just going to try to contain it. That's basically many of our conditions, yeah? We do tons of stupid shit and we just try to contain the damage. Well, I just, you know, 
if this thing goes on for years to Zoom, it's going to be the same starting point. I don't see it changing because I see it's the most influential point of any trip is the beginning. Yes, it's just the way it goes. If you got the whole understanding wrong, uh, it's going to severely limit the possibility of recovery. It is. Yeah. Maybe you'll be able to maintain a condition that you won't drink, but you may not be a happy camper. Yeah. You may be full of anxiety. You may be harboring tons of resentments, but you're not drinking. That's great. But perhaps there's a better way. Maybe we could realize the futility of self trying to get out of self or self trying to surrender to a higher power, which it has no intention of ever doing, and recognize we're not that, and then watch the migration of faith from that failed mechanism of reliance on self to a working system, which is trusting the infinite, yeah? And will be a, a center of, of attraction, not promotion, yes? That freedom from the bondage of self is quite attractive, yeah? Yeah, so... You know, I don't know how I missed it because, and know why I didn't miss it. I missed it is because self, I didn't see self as different than me. When they described self, I thought they were talking about me. Yeah? And so when they said being convinced that self was what has defeated us, I thought it was me basically that defeated me. Yeah? That's, my, that's the understanding of the word when I used to read it. And then one day it shifted. And I saw self as foreign. Self has nothing to do. Self is not describing me. It's describing something else. Yeah. And as soon as I saw it as foreign, the possibility of being free from it really took hold. Yeah. And I think they have a lot to do with each other. <laughs> First, I had to see what was defeating me as foreign. And then the possibility of being free from that defeat became available. Yeah. I think one comes before the other. I don't think the freedom is available if I don't see that self is other. I don't. I don't believe it. I don't believe you can be free as self. I just don't. I don't see it. Yeah, Maybe someone has, but I haven't seen it. And uh, I'm not a believer in it. So it's free from self, for sure, is readily available right now. But freeing as self, man, it's so impossible. It has people convinced it may take lifetimes, you know. They sign up for spiritual things and their, their, the return on their investment may take lifetimes for the self to finally find liberation. That's a bad deal to me, I think. <laughs> That's like the antithesis of instant gratification. <laughs> yeah, so. It was so important in my recovery and my life of being recovered to see the difference between self and what I am. It was the most important uh, point, yeah, over all these years. Because if I don't see that, self is going to play the role of a higher power concerning a higher power. Self is going to play the role of God concerning God. <laughs> That's what it does. Yeah. It says it made the third decision and it can renege anytime it wants. So whatever thing it's interested in, it can take back and then try to manage it until it fails once again and then begrudgingly surrender, but always have the clause in the contract. I can take anything back that I want, when I want. Yeah. <laughs> That's not surrender. That's a transactional fucking relation. And you're not going to win with a transactional relationship with a parasite. I'm just telling you right now. 
<laughs> Don't go into a transactional relationship with a parasite. You're going to lose. <laughs> Spirit, I'm a spirit, spiritual financial counselor. I'm telling you, do not have, go into a contract, a transactional contract with a parasite. <laughs> you're going to lose. <laughs> but it's promising me, I know, but you're going to lose. <laughs> And how do most people find that out? By doing exactly that. <laughs> they go into a transactional contract. <laughs> Self changes the, the hoops, changes the obstacles on the obstacle course, has you running around doing tricks to gain its, its uh, permission to be okay. <laughs> it's a very... It, <laughs> uh, it sounds like the Old Testament God, you know what I mean? <laughs> I want you to do this, 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 that, this, that, and then when you do, and that, this, this, it just keeps adding shit up. <laughs> yeah. So, thank you so much for, uh... yeah, thank you. You don't know how much it means to me in these years of recovery to have a platform to uh, say what I want to say or what it wants to say without uh, quick parasitical rebuttals. <laughs> Just to put it out there, don't have, you know, just put out the cod fish. Doesn't have to have a mackerel and salmon next to it, just cod. See, I don't know. I may not be a great understanding of English, but it sort of sounds like that's the direction of the inventory is to see the manifest, common manifestation of self in our lives and resentment, fear, and harms done to others, pursuing what we want are those common manifestations. So I don't see how you could come out of the inventory and keep calling them yours unless we're not getting clear direction. Seriously, yeah? So there you go. Thanks. Thank you, Paul. Um, so it sounds like the spiritual awakening comes before the inventory then. The what? I'm just not very clear on... The exact nature of the wrong is is identifying as the self. Yes. But it's, it's with step twelve. It's having had a spiritual awakening. Yes. It's not very. It's. So what, where is the spiritual awakening to, to have to have the. The uh, the power kind of realigned to, from the right perspective, to be able to see that maybe maybe I'm overthinking it, but. Um. To have that perspective to to, to to see the exact nature of the wrongs it's, it seems like the the steps are in the in 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 the order they are yes because it's coming through a certain male slot called the action figure so there's a lot of convincing the action figure in a lot of ways to allow something that's already available to be available yeah so the spiritual awakening is a result of the steps. The spirit isn't a result of the steps. That's always available at all times. There's the awakening to the spirit is the result of the steps. Yeah, because hopefully this idea of self has been diminished sufficiently that something available right now that unsuspecting inner resource will not be unsuspecting anymore. Yes. So, uh, like in my experience of coming to sobriety, I sort of was struck sober. And in a real sense, I got all of sobriety in like a second. And then it's played out for 33 years. Yeah. How does that make sense if you think this happens because that and that and that? No. There's a manifestation 
that appears in time. So things get worse and things get better in time. But basically, the spirit is not of time. Yeah, the spirit isn't becoming more spiritual or in a fear of being less spiritual. It's, it's spirit. It's of emptiness. It's of nothingness. Yes? It doesn't have a four-foot arm span or shit like that. Yeah? And like Jesus says, we're in this world of appearance and of action figures, but we're not of this world, let's say, of appearance and action figures. Yeah? So, to me, the great effect of recovery is in the action figure world, but the cause of that effect comes from the spirit world. Yeah? But it's... it's area of effect is in the action figure world. You travel lighter. Yes? You do less harm. A lot of other things start occurring. You're, a, you're a contributing to not, life, not taking from it. Yeah? You're losing interest in self and gaining interest in others. There's been, you've gone, you're going through a transformative uh, experience Yet that which is causing the transformative experience isn't a transformative experience. It is of spirit, always will be of spirit, is, was, will be of spirit. Yes. Yeah? But its effects are shown through us. So we think we have changed, but what has changed us hasn't changed. Yeah? Yeah. That's my... I don't know if that... Is you were asking but yeah so the uh the step four and five the inter inventory and the disclosing it to someone else what was what's the purpose of life it's just, it's just to undo the the knot is it well you'll see first of all it's not just telling someone else you always have the idea of the higher power there so it's more like a triangle it's me speaking to someone else in the presence of that energy yeah and then uh in a way, that's one of the first convinces of the action figure that it's serious about this is the fourth step because you're doing something, you know, you're writing and shit like that. And so on that level of being the doer, it's a convincing that's necessary for a lot of us. We feel like we belong in AA then, you know, and so it has a lot of effects uh, on us. The fifth step, sharing it, obviously, also open up an opportunity to share secrets that you would have sworn you were never going to share with anybody to take that opportunity of that safe space to put that out on a table and see what seems to be so huge when it was inside of you gets right-sized when you put it out i saw that as incredibly powerful in the fifth step i shared something with that guy that i didn't believe i was ever going to share with anyone and then the funny thing was, he was yawning when I shared it, so I had to share it twice, that which I was never going to share in like a 30 minutes, 30 second time span. So I said, you know, that vow of never sharing it, I broke it twice in 30 seconds. I think that's a pretty much, in the world of like green lights and red lights saying you stop and then you go, I thought that gave a lot of permission for the spirit to work in the action figure the action figure, quote-unquote, doing the working steps. Yeah. I do. I feel a lot of us live on a restrained permission we're trying to win from some lower power. And in the beginning, you've got to convince it by action, really. You can't think yourself into good action in the beginning. You've got to act yourself into good thinking. That's not how it goes forever, but in the beginning, that's how it goes, yeah? So, the action figure is such an important role in that time frame. It, it gets a much more right-sized role as the spiritual condition being innate becomes more obvious, yeah? But in the beginning, uh, yeah, if you don't do shit in AA, you're not going to get much, yeah? So you take commitments, you do these things, you do service. 
you're not of service at the time. You experience being put to use when we're doing the service in the beginning. Yeah? That has a lot to do with the action figure. And, uh, yeah, that's what I think recovery is. Recovery is really uh, working through the action figure until we start getting placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort on our part. You know what I mean? We go into another level of solution uh, that doesn't seem to be the dominant level at the beginning, yeah? So the effects of the program or the higher power in the program change as we lose interest in self because losing interest in self is not losing interest in the body, meaning taking care of it, but losing interest in the body as the center of the universe. Yeah, yeah, you lose interest. Yeah, you don't think you stop at the skin line. Yeah, yeah, so... It's a, you could spend hours on that because uh, it's not a black or white thing, yeah? It's almost as if spirit blends into the material and the material sort of uh, weakens by the effect of the spirit, yes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll open, I'll open up to questions now if anyone wants to raise their hands and ask a question about 12 steps, Paul. Um. I love this period. Pause. So, Mike, I'll ask you to unmute. Hi, Paul. Good to see you. Uh, good to see you. Thanks for uh, thanks for being here today. Uh, just a, a, a quick question. I uh, I was doing a main share a couple of weeks ago, and I was sharing on uh, step four and five, and it was suggested to me strongly that I am not there to actually teach, but just to actually give my experience, strength, and hope. Now, I know that when I've attended meetings here before, you've stated that we are the teachers of tomorrow. Can I have your take on that, please? Well, because in AA, it's mostly about experience, strength, and hope, that when you, when you teach in AA, it's more through what you are than what you say. But then we have workshops and seminars and symposiums and three-day little meetings where they have workshops on the steps where there's more, uh, let's say, formal space to teach. Yeah. So basically, it was sort of what you were doing, if that's what was happening, would have been more appropriate in a different setting. It's not like there was any right or wrong in it. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't, I think in a period of time, it's funny, after 30 years or so, or maybe less, you just go, hey, this experience, strength, and uh, what is it? Experience, strength, and hope, and opinion. You have opinions <laughs> about things. Yeah. And I think you've earned the uh, opportunity to share them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> experience, strength, and hope. Yeah. Yes, I so yeah. So that's why here we have a platform that's based for how this thing goes. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm I just shared my appreciation. Yeah, because a lot of times you may be experiencing sharing from your experience, strength and hope, but people don't see it as what their experience, strength and hope would be. So then they think you're teaching. Yeah. But the funny thing is, you could be doing the exact same thing to them <laughs> when they're talking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this is the perfect way to do it. When I was young in recovery, we ran into that a lot. So then we'd always announce at the beginning of the workshop, this is not an AA meeting. And then people would get go totally ballistic 
because they came in late and never heard that announcement. And I'd always point it out to them. Well, if you would have been on time, you would have heard that this isn't an AA meeting. And then they'd just huff off and leave the room. And then they used to whisper, whisper to me how much time they had as they passed me. It was fucking crazy. I have 28 years. Yeah, so what? <laughs> it's not about years. So, yeah, so we've always, yeah, yeah. I share differently at meetings, if I share at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yes. So remember, somebody got something out of it. You're always put to use, Mike. Yeah. That one person, it, made a, it may have meant the whole world to them. Yeah. Yeah. There's someone, something else. There's a loving presence that's running our group thing. Not fucking members of AA all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I said some crazy shit and then one person comes months later and says, you know, you, what you said brought me back and now I've been sober eight months. Yeah. And I heard about from 10 people, you shouldn't have said that when it was said, but it was still put to use. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm. Thanks, Mike. Is there any, anyone else who'd like to ask a question? Um. I can ask. So the came to believe, you come to believe through working the steps, but what is it that comes to believe? Uh, you're going to, you're going to just, uh, you're just going to make a lot of discomfort for yourself. <laughs> doesn't come from the steps. Came to believe comes from an observation that when you entered AA by going to meetings, you haven't even done the steps yet. Let's say you haven't drank in three weeks. So you realize that something has done for you what you couldn't have done because you haven't not drank for 20 years, let's say. Yeah. So now you go into these AA meetings and you realize, hey, I haven't drank in three weeks. You've now just had the experience of coming to believe that something greater than you has restored you to sanity concerning the first drink. Yes. The word came means it's already happened. I came to believe I've witnessed something's working in my life that didn't seem to be working before. That's step two in my view. It doesn't come from the steps. It's, 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 it's a step. Yeah, yeah. It's an observational step that, hey, I don't care what I'm saying to myself. I haven't drank in three weeks. <laughs> and so something's doing something that caused me not to drink. Hallelujah. I think I'll make a decision to turn my will and life over to that. Because <laughs> I like these three weeks better than the last three years. Yeah, so I'm going to make a decision. Where's the contract? <laughs> and turn it over to the care of something greater than myself. Yeah. Realizing sooner or later that I have no real power to complete that contract. I have to do the working steps to sort of initiate the transfer from being run by the lower power to being directed by the higher power. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's how I see it. I don't think that you come to that conclusion by doing the steps. You can come to that conclusion by witnessing the miracle of not drinking for a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So. Okay. I think he talks about it in the 12 and 12, though I'm not a big uh, believer. I don't really, well, whatever. I have an opinion about the 12 and 12. But he says that step one and two are reflective. Step one is reflecting on what it was like before you came into AA. And the step two is reflecting what it's like after you came into AA, maybe for the first few weeks. And you come to the observation that I'm sober, and I can't believe that's happening. And it doesn't seem like I have much to do with it. So I've realized, I call it, all right, so there's a movement I could give the name a higher power to, and something is doing for me what I can't do for myself. 
I rush right into the third step. Let's go. Yeah. I found I found the cure. I found the answer. Yeah. Let me sign up. All right. The third step. And then after, you know, I do the third step and I start writing. I start doing an inventory. Hopefully on how self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. I would think that would be clear direction. Yeah. And then share the patterns of that self at how it defeated me with someone else. They could point stuff out to me, use that time to share secrets that I was never going to share, which was taking up a lot of space in my little storage unit. Yeah. And then, uh, immediately what I used to come to about only after terrible effects, I start seeing before anything happens and I bring that to six and seven. Yeah. I see that which is going to lead me to fuck it. And I bring it to the higher power and I ask that power to remove it. Yeah. And I'm entirely ready for it to do that. And then I ask it to remove it or reconfigure it. And there you go. Now I'm in six and seven. I write that list, step eight, step nine. I start doing amends. For me, I ran into a lot of amends that I was conveniently avoiding for years. And life, uh, I could see that the, the current of the river was changing and I better go along with it. So I just went with it, made the amends uh, to the best of my ability. I learned a lot about amends by attempting to make them. And then I've done four through nine. And now I enter the maintenance phase, which will maybe a long phase. And really 10 and 11 is the maintenance phase. And 12 is the new agenda of my life, which is to practice these principles in all my affairs. And if I can't right now limit my affairs and then uh, help other people achieve sobriety. Yeah, there you go. Step 12. That becomes uh, a new direction of my life. And it's been a direction of my life for 30 something years now. So there you go. So one and two observation, reflection, hopefully leads to the idea. Step three sounds like a good deal. Yeah, I enter into that proposition. Immediately action is necessary. Start writing an inventory, not not writing a novel, writing an inventory. Share it with another person. Step five with this power involved. Step six and seven. There's going to be constant shit revealed to me. And a lot of it is going to be alcoholism. And I bring that to the higher power. It transforms it. It puts it to better use, that energy. I make the amends in my life so I can come uh, to a neutral condition about the past. 10, 11, 12. Hey, look at what this power is doing to me. Maybe I'll try to improve my conscious contact with it. They suggest two ways you can do that prayer and meditation. There's many ways, really, but they start with two. And the intention isn't to become a great prayer or a, or a meditation master. It's to improve one's conscious contact. That's the point. Yeah. The methodology isn't the point. The point is to improve one's conscious contact. That's step 11. Step 10 is you continue to take inventory about what? About self, really, in a lot of ways. And then to take some positive inventories about what it's like to live outside the bondage of self. And I had a good day today. I didn't fuck up. I didn't lie, whatever. Yeah. Step 12 is there's the agenda. Okay. After having had this spiritual awakening, we're going to make ourselves available to practice these principles in all affairs and help other people achieve a sobriety. Shit. Step 12. There you go. One through 12. Yeah. 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 You, you can surrender. It will lead to surrendered. You can meditate. It will lead to being meditated. You'll feel a presence without doing anything to feel it. Yeah. These things have, they grow into other conditions they didn't capture in the first in that big book they only had four years at most of sobriety they were under the influence of this program and the higher power that comes through it for four years some of us have been under it for 34 years yeah more has been revealed and AA is a big enough umbrella to fit 
the more that's been revealed. So at least our members can have hear about shit and come to their own conclusion. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Can you imagine? It's like the day when, uh, you know, you're riding the bike with someone pushing it, and then the day you push it, you know, you put your head, feet on the pedal. Yeah? There's a progression. And then you never forget to ride a bike. You never forget how to ride a bike. Yeah? This is sort of like us. We're in a, just like we were under the influence of alcoholism, we're under the influence of a higher power now. Yeah? The longer, the more uh, manifestations and expressions it can develop. Yeah? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. I just want to be clear about one thing. First of all, I'm not talking about ego when I talk of self. I'm talking about a mental activity that implies you're something that you never were. And it tells you you're always going to be that. Yeah. And it makes you very, very open to being misled by thoughts because of the ownership of being the thinker and everything else. Yes. That to me is what we're relieved of, the bondage of self. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not calling, I do not see it as ego. I see it as a feeling of being a, the doer when doing is noticed. The feeling of being the seer when seeing is noticed. Yes? This sense of ownership of a lot of shit we have nothing to do with, really. Yeah, I think it's just, we've been, uh, yeah. And this doesn't come from an intellectual understanding. The intellectual understanding came from relief from the bondage of self. <laughs> from, the, from the relief of the bondage of self, an understanding came. Yeah. The understanding didn't come before the relief from the bondage of self. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. You ready, right, Paul? This is, um, this is Mike because uh, Ben got booted for a bad internet connection. But uh, so I think I'm hosting right now. <laughs> so Gary has his hand up. You want? You ready for Gary? Good job, Ben. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Remember, it was just the in, it was the internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess I have to ask Gary to unmute. Hi, Gary. Are you? Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, Gary. Nice to see you, Gary. Hi. Hi, Paul. Nice to see you too. And nice to hear you. Um, I just want to chime in about the, the thing that made so much difference for me that you talk about, which is like the without i don't ever heard this anyplace else that somehow self was other than me without without that i'm always glued to this inventory i'm glued to any defect i there is no way i get any other perspective than to beat myself up and you know down up and down so you know my life was either beating somebody else up mentally or myself up mentally and there was no way out of it self couldn't get out of self so when you presented the possibility that that selfing process was something other than me it was like whoa what the, does that mean that is uh you know it just it, the image comes to me is like the manacles just fell off. I was stuck to, you know, I was in jail to something and that and a door opened the possibility of being free. I know I'm saying your words, but I find myself doing that a lot. The possibility of being free of that self was present and there was no, before hearing that, before entertaining that possibility, it 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 
there was no possibility of freedom. It was, yeah, people people might tell me, oh, you're free, you know, just walk out of prison. Well, it doesn't feel that way. I, I know it might look that way to you, but for me, so for you to bring this message that maybe I'm not that self, maybe that self is a process that I've fallen for, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I, it's a, the, the other image that comes to me is like, it'd be like walking through a forest path and there's a big root that sticks up, but I never see it. So I trip over it every time. So having eyes to see that there's a big root in my path if I can see it, I can step over it. I don't have to fall down every time. But yes. with, without those, without the, you know, warning, <laughs> self been going on here, I could easily just fall over and fall over and kick myself and kick you and everybody else. And, you know, like you say, fuck it. And so I just, I just, I'm appreciating that message that allows something else to happen where before no other possibility existed. Hey, Gary, let me jump in on that. So let's say one of the reactions to the root would be getting knee pads, getting a helmet, you know, <laughs> have band-aids present, all this just constantly fitting yourself the, from, around the root reality instead of questioning, yes, to see the difference that there's a possibility I can step over the root. <laughs> yeah. See, this is what happens. It's not like it's impossible. It's just there's, there's a limitation of possibility, yeah? We don't even get a chance to see if something's impossible because we never have entertained that it's possible. So it's like we used to do it with the story of the guy with the tumor, and he just takes the tumor to be him, and instead of having the tumor removed, he's got to get all his clothing tailored specifically to hold the tumor on the left side of his rib cage. you know, his Italian shirts have to be tailored, his jackets and everything like that. And again, just has no idea that he could that thing could be removed. He's going on dark websites about people with tumors and he wants to meet a woman with a tumor on the right side for his left side tumor. And all this on and on when, you know, the message, hey, you could get that removed, yeah? And then what happens though, after years of fitting around that tumor, he sees that invitation as a threat from the tumor's point of view. It's like getting it removed. I spent tons of money tailoring all my clothes and my girlfriend, we only met because of the tumor. So now the tumor seems to be essential. Yeah? This is exactly what the selfing is like. It, be, it becomes completely essential for your life when it isn't. Yeah? You can't imagine being without it. Exactly, because you haven't heard the possibility. That's all. That's the only thing that stops us is that we just don't, our, our field of possibility is severely managed, truly. So instead of being okay, we're, the only possibility we have is we could become okay, maybe, if we do this and this and that, or memories, I was once okay. Yes, you see it? It's unbelievable. The magic, the mental magic trick goes on and on. It has us believing uh, so much fucking shit. Uh, yeah, it's slavery to me. And the only, to try to get, get in, in the ring with it, you've lost. Yeah, you have to see of it, I feel. To me, that works. So yes, exactly what you said, Gary. Yeah. What happened? I was calling self me. It limited my possibilities. As soon as I saw it as other, the possibility of being free from it became available.
like that in a second. It ha I swear to God, I remember it right now when I saw a self with a complete sense of foreignness, that word, reading that sentence on 64, and then immediately my head had a possibility available. I can be free from it. Yeah? Bingo. And that started a whole, started this whole fucking thing, really. It really did. Yeah? And this is what happens. You don't know when you're living under a mental dominance, a lot of possibilities are severely limited. You have blinders on, like they used to talk about, yes? You're being directed. You think you're seeing, but the seeing is being directed, yeah? You're not, a, you're not allowed to see much, yeah? So it gives you the sense that you're still seeing, but the amount of what can be seen is severely limited, yeah? What can become possible and shit, yeah? It doesn't feel like freedom. Well, it isn't, you know? Freedom then is like, uh, you know, I can run through the red light. I feel free, whatever. It's mimicking of a weird fucking auth <laughs> mutated idea of freedom yeah yeah <laughs> and then people want to die on that you know i'm gonna kick your ass what it's so fucking crazy <laughs> yeah but hey thanks gary yeah thank you thank you my pleasure i don't see any other hands Anybody else want to raise their hand? That's all right. I can save my throat. I got to. We already did a talk at nine and we got to do one at 430. So. Yeah. That's right. It's not me doing it. I'd say no, really. I'd say, fuck you. I'm not doing it. Yeah, everyone, thank you. I hope uh Yeah. I'm gonna allow people to unmute themselves. I think that's appropriate now then, right? Yeah. Let me just say goodbye. Yeah. Hey Stefan on having never left. Nice to see you. Thank you. Ben, you did a good job, just so temporary. Yeah. You'll be hired again. Yeah? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you. I think he's frozen. Tom, can you hear me? No, I think I lost everybody. I think it's you. Tom? Can you hear me? No, we can hear you. I'm saying I'm saying to Tom from uh, New Hampshire. Nice to see you, Tom. We got Mark. Uh, nice to see you, Mark. Mike, as always, thank you. Remember, we have something at 4.30 today, Mike, too. Yeah, all right. We got Rich A. He's on the move. Oh, I don't, I don't usually uh, put that kind of guy together with England. Yeah, sort of looking nice there. A clear sky. Uh, we got Connor. There he is. Taking it oh, easy. He's realized that self is a foreign activity, mechanical in nature, has nothing to do with volition, and you may be accountable for its actions, but not responsible. Hallelujah. There's Eamon. Nice to see you, Eamon. Oh, the sun is so heavy, he has to protect his eyes from it. Wow. That's something I don't see much in Ireland either. Wow. We got Nina. Nice to see you, Nina. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jacob from Seattle. Kicking it, Jacob. Yeah, we got PK from Long City. There he is. Nice to see you, man. We got Maggie. We got Chris S. He's just entered somewhere from somewhere else. We got Michael Stacy. Looks like he's getting ready to take a train. I don't know what's going on there. He's leaving town. Tanya, Tanya C. Nice to see you. I talked with Tanya the other day. 
Hey everyone, thank you. Uh, oh, wait a minute, we got Kerry. Nice to see you, Kerry. Walter from the Netherlands. We got Mickey from Madeira. Tommy from Ireland, I think. We got Paul from uh, England. Paul, I'm giving you another shirt. Wait a minute. There you go. That's a good one, Paul. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, good. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sit down, Paul. That's we got Mike O. Thank you, Mike, for the the shares. Yeah. Steve from the UK. Nice to see you. Gary, the man that came out of the corner. Always a pleasure. Nice to see you, Gary. Living long. Uh thanks everyone. Now there's Tanya. She's chowing down. Hey, thank you. Hey, I'll see you again tonight. Today, we have something at 4.30 Pacific time. Information's on Zen Bitch Lab tomorrow night, Thursday, Saturday. Yes, so uh, they're not getting rid of me that easy. No. Yeah. I'm going to be like a Zoom, uh, a thorn in your side. In your side, yeah. All right. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Thanks, man. Thanks, bye. <clears throat> nice work, Ben. All right, cheers. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, welcome, Ben. All right. Good yeah, nice one, man. Bye. Did you stop recording, Mike? Oh, that's right. Okay, thank you. <laughs>